Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. See, if we're going to sing, if we're going to press in his presence, we might as well just press right on in. Come on, let's just press right on in. Let's press, press your way into his presence. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship. Come on, lift up your voice and worship him. We worship and magnify your name. We worship and magnify your name. You're worthy of glory. You're worthy of glory. You're worthy of glory. You're worthy of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for being in our midst today. Thank you for your presence is here. We thank you for giving us life and all things to enjoy. We bless you. We said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise you in the sanctuary. Praise you on the cymbals. Praise you on the high-sounding cymbals. Praise you in the instruments and organs. Praise you for your excellent greatness. Praise you for your power. Praise you, God, because, Lord, you created the earth. Let the trees clap their hands in praise to you. Let the birds sing their praise to you. But, Father, thank you, Lord, because we don't have to let the rocks cry out. Because if we don't praise you, the very rocks will cry out to praise you. We praise you this morning. We give you glory for all that you've done for us, God. This week you protected us from accidents and dangers that we've seen and that we didn't see. Thank you, God, that you heal our diseases. You keep our life from destruction. You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. And Father, Lord, as we come to open our hearts to you, we've already, Lord, surrendered ourselves to you. And now, Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. 
pray, Lord, that our hearts, Lord, would embrace your truth and that we would live out and express, Lord, all that you have invested in us. Thank you for your word today. We pray that you anoint us to deliver, that God, that you are set free, that you would challenge us, Lord, to grow, that, Father, that you would put seed in our ground, that, God, that you would rain on our dry, thirsty ground, that, Lord, that you revive where we need revival, that, God, that where we need salvation, will you deliver us, will you rescue us? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the I am, the I am God, that you said whatever we need you to be, that's what you are. And so someone needs a deliverance today. Someone needs you to be their refuge today. Someone needs you, Lord, to be Jehovah Jireh today. Somebody needs you to be Jehovah Nissi, the banner. They're in a fight today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that God, out of one word, you can be anything and everything. Father, so thank you, Lord, for meeting every need in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being Jehovah Rapha. Even now, God, healing from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. God, every blood disorder. Oh, God, every tumor, every cancer. Oh, God, God, that you can begin to dry it up in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you, God, for our functioning body, fully functioning in order. Father, every muscle, oh, God, Father, doing what it's supposed to do. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise, God, because of who you are. You are in this place to breathe life into our dead body, God. Father, shake the bones and bring them together. In the name of Jesus, oh God, let there be a hearing of the word, Father, in the valley. God, where we are today, where we are in valleys, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, you are the God of the valley. But yet, God, you don't leave us in the valley. You bring us into lush places. So, Father, we thank you. We bless and praise your name and we give you the glory that only you deserve. In Jesus' name I pray. And would you give the Lord a thunderous praise this morning? Come on, give him a praise like he deserves this morning. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. Amen. Well, God bless you to seated. Thank you so much for standing. Uh, this morning as we're, we're in the presence of the Lord, uh, for those of you who have children between the ages of 2 and 10, please allow them to go to Children's Church. If you are, uh, have a child between the ages of 0 and 2, uh, please allow them to go to, or go take them, you, if you desire to, to an area where you can hear the word of the Lord. Amen? So good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you here. Um, in, in the interest of prayer, I just want you to... Uh, Put something on, put this on your radar screen, if you would, um, to continue remembering prayer, uh, the Pentecostal ministries in Pelham, New Hampshire. Um, I actually uh, know that pastor that was shot. Um, he, he is a, he's a man of God. He's, he's a powerful man of God. And uh, we want to remember him and his family and the church in prayer. Um, thank God that there was uh, a young man there, well, that's so young, probably my age, and his name is Othniel Archer. So, so those of you who don't know him, uh, he was actually served with us for many years here at Abundant Life. He, and, and as the shooter came in, he jumped out of the balcony and, and apprehended the shooter and brought him down to the ground. Can you say amen to that? And... Um, and, and we're thankful that more people were not hurt. And uh, thank God that Bishop Cho is still alive today. Praise the Lord. The enemy had, uh, had, had something in mind. 
But we thank God that God spared his life at this point. So we're going to just continue to remember them in prayer and ask the Lord to continue to heal his body and bring real, you know, this, the church is going to take some time to go through a number of stages to be able to get through this moment. So we want to, to pray for them as they travel and journey through this difficult time. Amen. Are you ready for a word from the Lord? Yes. Amen. Let's go to First Peter. Uh, let's go to First Peter. <clears throat> and I want to talk to you and share with you a word uh, regarding um, stewardship under God. But I want to talk to you about gift stewardship. Can you say that with me? Gift stewardship. Gift stewardship. Um, when it comes to a gift... You have to learn what it means to be a good steward of the gift that God gave you. Amen. Gift stewardship. First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to verse 11. Right? I know you've been, st- been standing for a little while. Do you mind standing as we just read God's word? Is that okay? Amen. Yes. If you have a Bible, tablet, phone. If you don't, that's okay. We have it on the screen for you to read as well. Okay? This is a writing of Peter, the apostle, and he says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind, be of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, and each one of you should use whatever. Somebody say whatever. 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 What does whatever mean? Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) That's what it means. Whatever. He reads whatever. Very good. Whatever. Whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of God. God provides, so that in all things God may be what? He praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Jacedee. Gift stewardship. Uh, Peter, Peter is, as you, as, as you understand that, Peter certainly was a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And Peter is writing because he wants to encourage the saints of the Lord, because they're going to go through persecution. Um, this, is, this is a an epistle that he's sharing with them how to respond in a time of persecution, in a time of suffering. Um, oftentimes, we don't think that suffering should be our lot in life. We think it's like, okay, if a person suffers it's always because they did something wrong. There are times in Scripture that tells us that people have suffered because they were doing something right. Um, There is a season where the tide is going to turn, where you're not going to suffer for simply doing something wrong. You're going to suffer for doing something right. You're going to suffer for telling the truth. You're going to suffer for living right. Anybody know what I mean by living right? You're you're, going to suffer because you're living for God. 
And, and let me give you a prophecy that Jesus said. He says, it, it, you know what? If you are living godly, you are going to suffer persecution. He, he said, you know what? It's, it's going to come. It's going to happen. It happened to all the apostles. Many of them gave their lives to the God just because they were associated with Jesus. Now, Peter, he, he's a, he has to understand this more than anybody else, because when he was tested during his time of struggle and his time of persecution, he failed miserably. But thank God that although you fail one time, God is a God of second chances. And thank God that God restored Peter. Peter, you know, he denied Jesus. He just said, look, I never knew the guy. And he walked with Jesus all the time. But he but he came to a place where, you know, I'm not worthy to even be crucified like my Lord. I want you to crucify me upside down. If you want to realize and know fully what these these followers went through, I I challenge you to get a book called uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And when you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you will appreciate even more what these followers of Jesus went through to even just be associated with him. And I believe there's coming a day and coming in moments in our lives where we are going to see the persecution of the church. We're seeing it in small ways, but we're not seeing it to the degree that we probably will see it in the future. Oh, it's quiet. You okay? It's, it's persecution. And so, so Peter is not fearing persecution. He's saying, that this is what you need to do when you're being persecuted, when you're suffering for the gospel. So he says, be assured that the end is coming. Don't, 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 don't fool yourself thinking that this way of life is going to continue or the world is going to continue like it is forever. There's a time when Jesus is going to come. Do you realize that? There's a time when he said, I'm going to come again. And when I come again, I'm coming to receive the church. But not only that, I'm coming to bring judgment. And so Peter is saying, you need to get ready for a time that's going to come. We don't know. We're not trying to predict the time. And sometimes when you hear different people prophesy about the coming of the Lord or when they think it is, they tell people like this. Well, you know, God is the Lord is coming. So they just react and they start selling all this stuff. Or they'll run to some remote place waiting for something to happen. And Peter never told you to sell your stuff. Tell your neighbor, don't sell your stuff. Don't tell don't sell yourself. Don't, don't run to some remote place. Say, oh, the Lord is coming. You know, let me, let me run to some, some mountain somewhere. Or let me go off to some place and let, me, let them feed me Kool-Aid. Uh-uh, okay. <laughs> but that's what happened. All these, all these false prophets that's trying to figure out when he's coming. He said, you don't know the day and the hour. Don't try to figure it out. But he said, here's what you need to understand. If you live right, you'll be ready. So he says, here's what you need to understand. You know, to be, you got to be alert and sober. So there's three points that Peter talks about when it comes to living for God. In the first pass, part of the passage, it tells about that we shouldn't live like the world. We should, we should not embrace and live like the paganistic world. 
So you can read that up above. He said, in fact, they're going to ask you to come along with them and you should refuse it. Because you're, you're, you're living with the expectation of Jesus' return. And then he talks about three things. And here's the three things. Let's put them on the screen. Three things he talks about. The passage points out that we have to be strong in prayer. Somebody say, strong. strong. You didn't say it so strong. Say strong. Strong, strong in prayer. Strong in prayer. That, that people in the last days, during persecution, during struggle, you got to be strong in prayer. You got to be strong in prayer. There's there's something I really uh, I'm worried about the church, Big C, and this church. Will we be strong in prayer when things get tough? Will we pray when things are not going well? Prayer, he says, be strong in prayer. One of the things I really believe that the Lord is calling us as a congregation to be strong in prayer. And to get strong in prayer takes work. There's the work of prayer. In fact, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Why did he teach them how to pray? Because they needed to be strong in prayer. The second thing is we have to grow deep in love and we got to be deep in loyalty one to another. See, in struggle, it's very easy to turn on each other. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, I watch families all the time, and everybody's okay until there's a travesty or something happens, and then you see it, things implode. It, it's when struggle happens, you've got to grow love in your love deeply and be loyal to one another. Be loyal to one another. Because Satan's desire is to divide and what? Conquer. Same thing with your family. Your, your, your family, your friend, people around you. He's going to try to do everything to divide and conquer. Thirdly, you've got to manage your gift. He says, all right, now that you are loving each other deeply and you're, you're loyal to each other, I, I want you to manage or steward your gift. So we talked about stewardship. Stewardship is about management. Stewardship is about learning how to manage your gift. Because God gave us everything. Did he not? Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all things that dwell, all they that dwell therein. So therefore, because he's the owner of everything, therefore we are stewards or managers unto God. And therefore, as we manage our health, our finances... We manage our responsibilities. We manage everything that God has told, even the things that are around us, the earth. We are managers of the earth. Hallelujah. We should do everything we can to preserve the earth. We preserve the earth. How many of y'all recycle? Praise the Lord. Not because you have to. <laughs> There's a mandatory law that you have to, have to recycle, right? But we're trying, we, we understand that there, there certainly are things that we need to do better and not be wasteful. The word waste is prodigal. If you're a prodigal, you're a wasteful person. The, the, the reason why the prodigal son had to return to his father, he went out and wasted all that his father invested in him. That's why he was a prodigal. He wasn't a prodigal because he liked girls and liked riders living in parties. He was a prodigal because he wasted 
what his father gave him. But thank God he came home. Hallelujah. Some of y'all got to come home to stewardship. You got to come home to your stewardship. And so we understand here that stewardship is about management. And so we need to manage our gifts. And I want to talk about here how to manage your gift. And that's going to talk about gifts. I'm going to talk about how do you do to manage it. Right? How, how do you manage Everybody in this church has a gift. Everybody. How do you manage what God has invested in you? So the first thing is, Peter says, well, if I have to manage a gift, that means I have one. You can't manage what you don't have. So automatically, let's get that out of the way. Check that box off. I have a gift. So the first thing is, you have to believe that you have a gift. Believe that you have a gift. I I would come to church all the time, and I never believed I had anything. I never believed I had anything. People say, do you have a gift? No, I don't. don't It's like money. I don't have none. (laughs) Sometimes I have it. Sometimes I don't. You know, you have it sometimes. Sometimes you don't. You, You know, your gift, your gift is something that God has given you. It's a grace that God has put into your life that he himself has put into your life for you to manage that or be a good steward of it. But you got to believe you have a gift. How many really believe you have a gift? Right? you you got to believe it. you got to believe it. You, you have to come to a place in your life that you believe that God has given you a gift. The second thing is, now that you believe it, you have to acknowledge it. Acknowledge the gift that's given to you. That means when you acknowledge it, that means you accept the truth of it. So although circumstances or even people will say, you ain't got nothing to offer. You said, no, 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 no. I acknowledge the truth that I have something. God has given me something. He's given me something to use. He's given me something to use. That means you have to also identify what is your gift. Your gift will not be uh, come to its full potential if you don't identify what it is. When Paul talks about the gifts, he also equates it to the human anatomy. Now, how many of you know your right from your left? Some of y'all put your hand up, some of y'all. Left or right? How many of you really know your right from your left? Amen. All right, good. There was a time where I was very confused from my right from my left. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe not you, but when they say take a left, I'm, I'm, I stall. Which side is left? Which side is right? People drive like that. They don't know left from right either. Right? Right? See, if you don't know left from right, you're going to put your shoes on wrong. You're going to put your gloves on wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't know, you don't know left from right, you're gonna be a, you're gonna be a messed up person. You you got you got to know left from right. So so we have learned even from childhood that part of the elementary things of learning is to identify the parts of our body. So we identify the parts of our body. We say this is my right hand, this is my left hand. You know. If you sometimes you sing it, put your left hand in, 
So you can ride for it. You know, you know what I'm saying? The left bone connected to the right. You know, those, those kind of songs. Right? You, you learn those kind of songs because you have to understand that it's all a part of learning to identify, and you want your children to identify the parts of their body. Right? But how is it that we can't identify our gifts? We, we don't know whether we're a hand or whether we're a foot. We don't know whether we're the eye or whether we're the ear. And because of that, we're very confused. We operate in confusion because we, we don't know what gifts we have and we don't know what gifts we have. So when there's something that needs to be done, or when the body needs to function, we're at a loss. Because we don't know, like, who, who has the gift of administration? Who, who has the gift of hospitality? See, why, why are we always throwing out stuff for hospitality when somebody got a gift? Somebody, some, no, I, now, I believe we should help. There's nothing wrong with helping, but somebody, somebody in the church has a gift because God gave a gift of hospitality. It's in the Bible. Romans chapter 12, you can read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can read that. Ephesians chapter 4, you can read that. These are gifts that God has given, and hospitality is one of them. But if the person doesn't know they have the gift of hospitality, they're looking around. Well, somebody going to do it. And I never met a somebody that did anything. Right? Somebody never did anything. There has to be a person who has been identified with that gift to say, hey, I got the gift of hospitality. That's my cue. If you're reaching for something in your cupboard, right, your feet may move your body closer to the cupboard, but your foot doesn't go up on the counter to reach up into the cupboard. You automatically just take your hand and reach up for it because that's what your hand's supposed to do. So knowing your gift and knowing that you have one and knowing how to steward it makes everybody function better. Why is church so dysfunctional is because we don't know and use our gifts. Amen. Church is supposed to be a place where things function. Not just, just praising God or thank God for praising God. But we got to get some work done. Tell your neighbor some work got to be done. Some work got to be done. You can't just come in here and praise God. You got to get some work done. So God has to help us to identify our gifts. One way to identify the gifts is to do a spiritual gift assessment. To a spiritual, where do I get that? We're going to put it on the website so you can download it. Now, some of you took the spiritual gifts, some of you, some of you, and some of you are still rebelling and haven't done it yet. And that's why you don't know you get. Right? So, so you need to download and go through the questions and begin to start understanding where your gifts might lie. Because you'll never be able to steward what you don't know you have. Identify. Say, everybody say identify. Ident- identify. Identify your gift. Acknowledge your gift. Accept the truth of it. Then you have to learn where and how your gift 
serves and blesses others. You have to learn where and how your gift serves others. Let's go to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 7. Okay, let's go there. Let's put it up on the screen. Here's the passage. What I want to talk about is the various ways God's spirit gets work into our lives. This is a complex and often understood. I'm still reading. Confident, understood. Go back a little bit. Thank you. Um, and this is a complex and misunderstood, but I, want, I don't want you to be in, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. In other words, you have to have knowledge in order to function in your gift. You've got you to be informed about your gift. You've got to be aware about your gift. You've got to be aware how to use it. All right? If you don't know how to use it and if you're not aware of it, you're not going to understand how it impacts people. And if you're not knowledgeable of what, what it is, it can't be used. Is that okay? Yeah. Am, I, am I going okay? Yeah. Right? Okay. So he says here, can you go to the next slide, please? He says here, um, there are different kinds of gifts, spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Let's keep going. He says, God works, in verse 6, God works in different ways, but that is the same God who does the work in all of us. Isn't that good to know? That the God that works in me differently from you is the same God. Right? The same God that works in me works in you. He works differently, but he's the same God. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, notice what he says, so that we can help myself. So I can help, my, it says help each other. God gave us all gifts so that we can help each other. Why did God give gifts? So I can help somebody else. My gift is not just for me to help me. It's to help other people. The reason why God gave you the gift of helps, that's a gift you know. The reason why, because you're supposed to help people. Well, child, I got to help myself, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You do. But you can't help yourself all the time. (laughs) That's the problem. You know, you got a gift of prophecy, not so that you could say, I know what's going on. I see, I see, I see what's going on out there. Well, if you see it, how is your seeing helping somebody who does not see because the reason why God gave you the gift of prophecy, prophecy, so you're a seer, so that you can see. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to help each other through spiritual giftedness that is given to us. But here's the crux of it. And I'm done, believe it or not. You have to not only have knowledge of your gift, you have to activate your gift. Let's go to that slide that says activation. You have, to, you have to activate and stir up your gift. Now, everybody knows what this is, right? It's a fan. No, no. Now, this fan can do two things. Right now, it's cooling me off. It's like, okay, I'm fanning, it's cooling me off. 
But this same fan can be helped to a fire. So if there's a fire in the fireplace and it starts to die down, I can take this fan and fan the flame. And when I fan the flame, it will catch on to whatever wood is in there, meaning that it will keep it going. What Paul is telling Timothy, he says, I want you, Timothy, to know that you have a gift inside of you. And to keep it activated, you must stir up the gift that's in you. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Stir up the gift that's in you. Have you ever tasted a beverage that had to be shaken up, but you didn't shake it up? And you go, oh, this is terrible. But then once you started to shake it up, all the stuff from the bottom came up to the top. There's stuff in the bottom of you that got to start coming up to the top. I'm after an activation in here this morning. See, many of us have come to a place where you are just kind of in the place of atrophy. Atrophy. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Paul says to his young protege, Timothy, he says, I remember your genuine faith for you. Share the faith that has first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I know that the same faith continues strong in you. So Timothy has strong faith. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and of a sound mind. There is is a gift that's inside of you that has to be activated. Somebody say activate, activate. It has to be active, active. It does nobody any good if you have a gift, you know what it is. Come on now. You know what it is, and it's not active. It ain't active. Um, God showed me this illustration. It was pretty interesting how he showed me this illustration where he said, he said, I want you to take all your credit cards and your debit card, and I want you to put down also your gift cards and lay it on the table. So I had some gift cards. I, had some, I laid them on the table. He said, what do you see? I said, I see credit. I see debit card. I see a gift card. He said, yeah. Well, look, look, at, look at it. All of them operate differently. But none of them will work without activation. None of them. None of them. Not one, not one of those cards will work unless you... A gift card will never work for you unless it was activated. Oh, I got a gift. Praise the Lord. Can you use it? I, well, they didn't activate it. So you get to the counter and you hear... You got, you, got, you, got, you got money in the bank. You have money in the bank. And you get your debit card, your brand new debit card with the chip on it, shining. You got money in your account. You go to the cash register to buy an item at the grocery store. You take out your debit card. You put it in there, and the transaction won't go through. 
So you're standing at the counter and the lady's looking at you or the man's looking at you like, what, what's wrong with your card? Or maybe something wrong with us. Well, does this card work? Oh, no, I didn't activate the card. So here you are, you got money that's yours that you can't even, act, you can't even use because you never activated it. When it comes to a credit card, that's money that somebody is giving you on a loan. They're willing to loan you money. So, so here's, here's the thing about credit card. Credit cards are loans. Okay? It's a loan. It's not your money. It's, it's OPM, other people's money. That's what they call OPM. Right? It's OPM, other people's money. So, so Citibank and all whoever is going to give you a credit card, they'll say, all right, I'm going to give you $5,000 of available credit line. And you can use that credit line. You can you get, it, get airline tickets. You can do all kinds of stuff with your, your credit card. But if you don't activate it, all that, all that credit line just stays in reserve. And God has resources in heaven. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. He has resources in heaven that you have yet to activate. You have yet to activate. And, and here you are, you're, you're wondering how in the world can you get transactions done in the spirit and you just have not activated. And if you don't activate, here's the next thing that's going to happen. You're going to atrophy. No activation leads to atrophy, because activation means activity. To atrophy means inactive. So I used to wonder growing up as a, as a young boy when people who worked 30 years, 25 years, and they said, I'm now ready to retire. And they retire. In, in less than 24 months, they're dead. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Less than 20 more, 24 months, they would be dead. And I said, what, what happened to them? And they discovered that people who have worked and worked and worked and worked, and they just kind of just stop. Their whole physiology changes to the point where it says, oh, I guess you're finished. So that's why they tell you that you got to keep moving. You don't hear what I'm saying. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Your, your, your muscles, the muscles in your muscles in my body right now, they will atrophy if I don't lift any weights, if I don't stay active, if I don't keep moving. And you know, you know it's happening because some of you are going to get up after the sermon and you're going to go, "Ooh, I'm stiff." Because your body automatically goes into a place of rest if you're not active. The body of Christ has atrophy. We have, we have an atrophy problem. And we need some physical therapist in the spirit. You don't hear what I'm saying. To somebody, we need some places where people around us are working our body spiritually. And the spiritual, the spiritual gift, what I call the therapy gift, is exhortation. You know what exhortation is? 
Exhortation means that you're stirring up what is there. Prophetic people, see, that's why I think sometimes we hate prophetic people. Because prophetic people are always stirring up something. Now, yesterday, while we were in prayer, all four of us, my wife said to me, said, I feel like the Lord wants us to, to run. I said, run, 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 run. So we're in prayer now. And I'm just, you know, I'm praying. I'm sitting right on, I'm sitting on the stoop over there praying. And she said, we're going to run. I said, what are the worst days? I said, we got to run at 830 in the morning? Run? She said, no, we got to, no, let's run. Let's run. Let's run. Let's run. And, and the Lord said to me, um, though, though this is uncomfortable for you, you need to run. Because running is a symbol, even in the scriptures, of active power, vigilance. It is, it is a place where you recognize that if you're not careful, your gift can be in a sedative mode to the point where your gift just goes to sleep. So here you are, a prophet, or having a gift of prophecy that has gone to sleep. And so when, when, when God wants to do something, he can't even wake you up anymore because you have been so much in atrophy. Your muscle, a prophetic muscle, has never worked in so long. You're wondering if you even hear God anymore. And so Paul says, Timothy, I want to remind you, meaning I told you this before, that you need to stir the gift up in you. And you know what? I'm going to lay my hands on you to activate what is already in you. My God have mercy. Some of us need a good activation. A good activation. Let me let me give you a story and I'll quit. In John chapter five, you can read it on your own. On on your own time. John chapter 5, Jesus is in a place with the pool of Bethesda. There's There's a man, a paralytic man, who's been there for 38 years. 38 years, he's struggling with being paralyzed. He's impotent. Some translations say he's impotent, meaning that he doesn't have the ability to move on his own. And Jesus passes by and has a conversation with him. And the conversation goes like this. Man, do you want to get well? He looks at it and says, well, um, well um, the reason why I'm here is because I, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's an angel that comes down and troubles some water over there. But before I can really get up and get to it, people beat me there. And um, that's the reason why I'm on this mat, because, uh, you know, I tried, but it just doesn't work for me. Jesus responds to him and says, man, get up, take your bed up, and begin to walk. 
I said, Jesus, you're cruel. I mean, you could have said, hold on to my hand and let me help you up. You could have said, be healed. No, he spoke to the man because he already knew that the man could actually stand up. But he was so long on the mat for 38 years, he made excuses why he didn't stand up. So God was calling him out, just like I'm calling you out. (laughs) He called him out. He said, man, listen, listen. You could have rolled over there in 38 years. You want somebody to continue to enable you and to curl and to cuddle you and to hold you and to and to pamper you so that you'll get into the pool. But I'm going to tell you, man, get up, take up your bed and begin to walk. There's certain things and what Jesus did, he used the power of exhortation. And know it, the man who was on his bed for 38 years, what did he do? He got up and he took up his mat and began to walk. See, for some of us, you've been too long in atrophy to the point where you're looking for somebody to do something for you that you can do for yourself. That's why they tell you, even when therapists work with patients, let them do it themselves because if you keep picking them up, they won't know how to pick themselves up. And this morning, God is doing an activation in your life because there are things that you're waiting for other people to do that they should not do for you. You should be able to get up and walk yourself. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. There there, there are certain things that God wants you to activate and he wants to activate in you because there's some things that have been dormant for a long time. And while you're waiting for revivals, and waiting for preachers, and waiting for others, and sitting by the pool, you could be actually doing ministry. You could be doing ministry. Your gift, your gift is inside of you, and you have to activate it. But what do I need to do next? You need to now come to a place Will you stop playing the victim? Well, I can't. I, 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 you know, I, I'm afraid. You know, the devil always gets in my way. You got to stop playing the victim. And you got to admit to yourself, I need to just take up my bed and walk. I need to start waiting for somebody to invite me to use my gift. I I need to start waiting until a stir of an angel. (laughs) When I can take up my bed and walk. God is here to tell you it's time for your gift to start operating. And come out of atrophy. Because if the body of Christ does not operate in spiritual gifts the way they're supposed to, we can have church, but no work. Aren't you tired of church that don't work? Why doesn't church work? Because people don't use their gifts. 
Could you imagine you being in the hospital and the nurses and doctors and all the health community doesn't know their gift? And them looking around like, why are you here today? Why are you here today? Why are you here today? Uh, can somebody get me an IV? I'm bleeding to death. You don't know why you're here? You got a gift. And so today, I want to call you to fan the flame. Tell your neighbor, time to fan the flame. Time, time, time to fan the flame. Time to, get, time to get your fan. Time to get your fan and start fanning your gift. If you don't know what your gift is, time for you to know what that gift is. Identify it. Identify it. Learn about it. Operate it. Try something related to your gift. If you have the gift of healing, go to the hospital. Plenty of sick people to try it out on. Come on now. Plenty of sick people. Plenty of people around that need gift of healing. This is your day to fan your flame. Let's stand. All right. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Paul said to Timothy, that there was an impartation when he laid his hands on them and even in the stirring up of the gift why we don't give a person a gift we stir those gifts up and today I want you to come and say you know Bishop I, I, my gift has been a little bit atrophied I, I'm not functioning I'm not, I'm not functioning in the things that God gave me I know he gave me something, but I'm not functioning, and I want to function. And I want you to come here with a desire to say, God, God, you gave me a gift, and I am going to fan the flame of my gift. I want to function. I don't want to be a dysfunctional person in the kingdom ever again. And if you're not using your gift, if you're not deploying your gift, I want you to come because sometimes our gift does get a little flat. Sometimes our gift does get a little flat. Prophets, you get a little flat, don't you? Preachers, we get a little flat. Teachers, we get a little flat. If you don't flan your flame of teaching, you won't, it won't be sharp. God has a gift. that he wants to call you to a fresh activation. Fresh activation. Fresh activation. Activation, God. Activation, God. Activation, God. Activation, God. Activation, God. Activation, God. It's not going to happen by magic. It's going to happen by you fanning the flame. You got to do something on your end. You got to do something on your end. You got to do something on your end. Yeah, do something on your head. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to fan my gift. I'm doing everything I can. I'm going to, I'm learning, I'm reading books, I'm going, I'm praying, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm doing everything because I, I don't want my gift to atrophy. It's called if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. 
Thank you, Lord. Would you just just step up a little bit so others can get behind you? Hallelujah. Uh, intercessors, those who are intercessors, where are you? Where, where are they? Okay, where are you? The, these are those, those who are behind you. They're praying for you. And if you feel them laying their hands on you, behind you, or laying their hands on your back, I don't want you to be afraid. They're, they're people that know how to pray. They're people that know how to pray. People that know how to pray. Thank you, Father. Would you reach your hands up before the Lord? Just, just begin. Just, just reach your hand up. Active, say, Lord, activate me. Acti- activate to activate every, every gift. Intercessors, would you go around and begin to lay hands on them? Just, just begin to lay hands and begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Say, Lord, activate. Activations, Lord, Father. Oh, God, activations. Activations wherever wherever there's dryness, Lord. Wherever, Lord, there needs to be, oh God, power. And Lord God, I pray for activation, teaching gifts, Lord, prophetic gifts, Lord, words of wisdom, word of knowledge. Uh, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, right now, Lord, you gave everyone in here a gift. Uh, I pray that they would discover everything, oh God, that you have invested in them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Father, oh God, right now, Holy Spirit, do a new thing. In the name of Jesus, a new thing. A fresh, oh God, work, oh God. A fresh work, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, stir every gift, every gift in them, Father. I pray, oh God, healings would come. Father, I pray, oh God, prophecy would come. I pray that word of wisdom would come. I pray that word of knowledge would come. I pray that faith would come. I pray, oh God, Father, oh God, miracles, the gift of miracles, God. Miracles. Someone has miracle working power gifts. I pray, oh God, for speaking gifts. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, raise up the preachers. Raise up the apostles. Raise up the prophets. Raise up, oh God, the pastors, the evangelists. In the name of Jesus, raise them up, God. Raise them up, God. Raise them up, God. Father, oh God, raise them up. They're here, Father. They're in the midst, oh God. Father, I pray right now, God, stir in every heart, God, a passion, Lord, to, oh God, deploy their spiritual gifts and to deploy what you had invested in them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We call on you, Father, every gift, Lord. Give dreams and visions, God, of how, God, you can use them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every person, oh God, that you have put in this house, Lord. You have invested in them treasures, oh God. The treasures are in the earthen vessels, that the excellency and the power of God may be of you and not of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, cry out to God. Come on, cry out to God. Come on, God, activate me, Lord. Activations. Activations happening, Lord. Activations, God. Activations, God. Activations, Lord. Not information. Activation, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. We give you praise, Lord. We, we honor you. We honor your name. We thank you, O oh God. Activations. Not information, but activation. Gifts of administration. We call it out, Lord. Every gift. Every gift. Every gift. Every gift for the body of Christ. Every gift. Everybody's needed. Everybody's needed, God. 
Every person is needed. Every person is vital. Every person, oh God, Father, has uh, what we need, God. Every person has something that we need, has something, oh God, to offer. Oh God, I thank you, oh God, for that great gift that you put in their lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray out, saints. Come on, let's pray out. Let's, let's not get tired. Come on, saints, let's pray out. Let's pray. Let's push into his presence. Let's push into his presence. Let's push in. Let's go in. Let's go in. Let's go in. Activation, no more activation. Father, you see every vessel standing at this altar. You see the gifts and the talents. Many of them have multiple gifts, multiple talents. Part of the decision has been, which one do I use? Some it's been fear and some it's been the voices of others. Part of us has been the past, oh Lord, where we've missed you. But Father, all of that we lay at your feet right now. We lay it at your feet. It no longer matters. We lay it at your feet. We confess of where we've missed it. We've confessed of where we've been rebellious. We confess of where we've ignored your call. We confess of where we got lazy and we got comfortable. God, we're choosing to leave the place of comfort now. We're choosing. We're making a choice right now. And we're leaving the place of comfort. We're leaving it. We're leaving it. And now we're stepping into our gift. We're asking you to stir and to activate our gift. To stir and to activate our gift. Everybody take a step forward. Take a step forward. You're stepping into a new place. Come on, take a step forward. Take a step forward. Take a step forward. You've left your old place. Come on, take another step. I want to get you out of your comfort zone. Come on, out of your comfort zone. Come on, step higher. Come on, step again. Come on, keep coming. Keep coming. Come on, come all the way up. Come all the way up. Come out of your comfort zones. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. Your gift is making room for you. Your gift is making room for you. Right now, your gift is making room for you. 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 And it's going to bring you before some great men, some great people. Your gift is making room for you. So, Father, we make room in this house. And the kingdom of God and the world makes room for every gift that you've put in your sons and daughters. No more excuses. No more excuses. No more fears. No more fears, God. No more laziness, God. No more laziness, God. There is room for us. You have made room for us, God. And we are going to craft and hone our craft, Lord. We're going to work diligently on our crafts, Lord. We're going to work diligently on our crafts, God. We're going to work diligently on the gifts you've given to us, God. Forgive us for we have not honed and have not practiced. For we have not read where we have not done what we needed to do. Those days are gone. We have moved out of our comfort zone. So now we're going to look for mentors, for people who are in the areas where we want to be, that are doing what we want to do, and we're going to sit with them and we're going to say, stretch me, stretch me, stretch me, pull me out. We've been called out today, and now we're going to stretch forth into what you've called us to. 
And Father, those of us that are mentors, help us to make time for the people as they come to us. Help us to make time, Lord, so they don't have to beg us anymore, so they don't have to chase us anymore. Would you make our schedule such that we can pour into? And as people come to us, let us not say, me, you're coming to me, but let us say, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to work with you because you're going to do something in the gift and you're doing something with the person who's going to steward and help steward that gift. So, Father, we thank you that every gift here has been stirred. Every fan, and we fanned every flame here. Every flame, every flame. Come on and worship the Lord. Come on and worship the Lord. You've been fanned. You've been fanned. You've been fanned. You've been fanned. Hallelujah. Come on and bless the Lord. 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 There's room for every gift in this house, in the community, in the place where God has it. There is room for every gift. There is room for every gift. And the Lord says to tell you, don't be discouraged if your gift isn't in the house. Our gifts are in and outside the house. Some of you, your gift isn't in here. It's outside somewhere. Find where God has planted you and bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. You're not less than because your gift is in the marketplace. You are no less. You are greatly needed. So, Father, thank you for stirring these these gifts. Thank you for stirring. Activate. Speak to them in dreams and visions even tonight, God. Speak even in dreams and visions even throughout the day. Speak to them even during the evening, God. Let them no longer be comfortable. Atrophy is done. Atrophy is done. Atrophy is done. Atrophy is gone. So come on, stretch yourself. Come on, come on. Bend your knees. Come on, stretch yourself. Bend your knees. Come on, atrophy is gone. Atrophy is gone. Atrophy is gone. Come on, this is just a natural act for what's happening in the spirit. What's happening in the spirit. What's happening in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more atrophy. No more atrophy. Now, y- y'all are too cute. Come on, come on, come on. Move. Come on, let me see you move. Come on, move yourself. Shake yourself. Come on, shake yourself. You shook it off. It's off in the spirit. Come on, shake yourself. Come on, shake yourself. There you go. There you go. Now, greet your neighbors. You go back to your seat. Tell them your gift has been activated. Tell your neighbor your gift has been activated. Come on, tell them in faith. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I be afraid? Come on one more time, the Lord. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Just want to remind you, those of you that you heard the bishop say, if you haven't done the spiritual gifts assessment, it will be loaded on the church's website later today. Download it. Take it. We will make sure that it's 
that we will go through it with you and we'll plan a time where we can process it. But at least you can begin to see there are explanations there that explain what the gifts are. And for those of you that maybe after service, you're like, I need a little bit more prayer. I just want to chat with someone. Some of the intercessors will be up front here. You can come meet us up here and we'll pray with you. If you wouldn't mind just holding your neighbor's hand, let's just close out in a word of prayer together as a body of Christ. We're grateful for what the Lord has said and has done in and through us. And we just want to receive his blessing even as we go from this place. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity where we can come and to hear a word about how you're calling us to steward the gifts that are within us. Thank you for fanning the flame and stirring within us and God activating. And God, we're excited about these activations that we're leaving this place with knowledge and leaving this place believing and leaving this place beginning the process of identifying some of us our gift. And those of us that know what it is, we're going to begin to take some steps towards putting it to use. So, Father, we pray as we leave this place, we don't leave from your blessings. We ask that you go with us, go before us, and even be our rare God. May we find our homes and our dorm rooms and our apartments in peace and in safety. Would you guide us as we travel along the road and keep us? And would this week, would we be a blessing to someone else? Would we share with them what you've shared with us and even allow our prayer lives to be vigilant even this week? So, Father, we thank you and we pray that the blessing of God, that the grace of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, rest, rule, and abide with us forevermore, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Be sure to greet a neighbor. Greet somebody who didn't come to church with you. Have a blessed week, everybody.